Welcome back to Chat with the Conductor, where we explore the music and composers performed by the Alpharetta Symphony. My name is Grant Gilman, I'm the music director, and today we delve into the remarkable story of Amy Beach and the historic premiere of her Gaelic Symphony. Be sure to get your tickets to our performance of this work February 23rd, 8 p.m. at Alpharetta Methodist Church. Born into a time when women's roles were largely confined to the domestic sphere, Amy Marcy Cheney, later to marry as Amy Beach, emerged as a pioneering figure in American music. Her early childhood already foreshadowed her musical future, when in addition to having the rare ability of absolute pitch, that is, being able to identify a pitch without reference, memorization of a plethora of melodies and accompaniments, and by the age of four already attempting to compose, she also gave her first public debut as a pianist at the age of 16, foreshadowing her prominence on the instrument. Her marriage to Dr. Henry Harris Aubrey Beach, a prominent Boston surgeon and a member of the elite Brahmin class, played a pivotal role in shaping her career. Dr. Beach's Brahmin status imposed certain expectations on Amy, notably to conform to the role of a society matron. She was restricted to performing publicly only once or twice a year, donate all earned income to charity, and give up all teaching. This, of course, seems unthinkable today, as no one would think any individual person would not be able to decide for themselves the nature and workload of their own career aspirations. Historically, however, this led to Beach channeling her formidable talents into composition out of necessity. Despite the constraints put on her by her husband and the Brahmin societal expectations, her husband did fully support her compositional career, not only freeing her of financial concern, but also promoting her work among Boston's elite. Amy Beach's focus on composition led to the creation of the Gaelic Symphony, a work that defied gender norms and showcased her genius. As it would be throughout her career, compliments of the symphony were perpetually backhanded. Reviews included, quote, deeper resources of the science of music, difficult to associate with a woman's hand, and considerable ability in her orchestration, somewhat of a surprise to the majority of the audience. Another reviewer noted, quote, it is remarkable work, not merely as the composition of a woman, but as a musical production. Still another observed, quote, Mrs. H.H.A. Beach has with this symphony firmly established her right to a place among the foremost composers of the day. Such comments underscore the exceptional nature of her achievement in a male-dominated field, highlighting both the brilliance of her work and the societal hurdles she overcame. Before we talk about the symphony itself, you must understand that partly because of the societal perceptions already mentioned, Beach's husband also believed that she would do better not to have a formal composition teacher. This is, at best, a conflicted opinion, as on one hand, taking lessons might show weakness, but on the other, it freed Beach to be less restricted by conventional norms, the latter part of which I find full of irony. Therefore, in the end, Amy Beach entirely taught herself in the areas of composition and orchestration. This means 
that the first time she sat down to compose a symphony of all works, the Gaelic is the result. Her premier work in the genre is an instant classic, brilliantly conceived, formulated, and orchestrated. To be sure, Beach immersed herself in the symphonic literature up to that moment in history, not the least of which was Dvorak's Symphony No. 9, From the New World. She was heavily consumed with romantic orchestral works, and it shows prominently in this work. Speaking of Dvorak, he has a not-so-famous quote circa 1892, saying, quote, I am afraid the ladies cannot help us much. They have not the creative power. To this statement, I imagine Amy Beach replying, hold my cocktail. Whether she knew of this statement or not, or may as well have assumed it, she did have an answer, and it was a big one. Now to the piece itself. The first movement, Allegro con Fuoco, opens crackling with anticipation, a chromatic line snaking its way through the orchestra, finally arriving at a bold, dramatic theme, immediately capturing the listener's attention. This movement is a tour de force of emotional intensity and technical complexity, weaving together Irish melodies with Beach's own thematic material. The development section is a masterclass in orchestration and thematic transformation, leading to a powerful recapitulation and a climactic conclusion that sets the stage for the symphony's journey. In the second movement, Alla Siciliana Allegro Vivace, Beach offers a stark contrast with its lyrical flowing melodies, reminiscent of a serene landscape. This movement, structured as a Siciliana, showcases Beach's skill in creating a delicate yet emotionally rich tapestry of sound. The use of folk themes here is more subtle, imbued with a sense of longing and nostalgia, providing a moment of introspection amidst the symphony's broader narrative and fiery outer movements. At the third movement, Lento con molto espressione, a poignant expressive melody serves as the heart of this achingly gorgeous work. This movement is a deeply reflective adagio, highlighting Beach's ability to convey complex emotions through music. The orchestration is lush, with strings and woodwinds interweaving to create a rich, immersive sound world. The plaintive violin cadenzas at the beginning and end create the most intimate moment of the symphony, and the dialogue with the cello solos only enhance the plaintive character of the prominent Irish melody. It's a movement that speaks to the soul, embodying the symphony's emotional core. The finale, Allegro di Molto, is a rousing conclusion to the symphony, bursting with energy and vitality. Here, Beach revisits the Irish themes introduced earlier, transforming them into a triumphant celebratory finale, just as would Beethoven or Brahms, sewing together and encapsulating the entire symphony in a dramatic fashion. The movement is marked by its rhythmic drive and brilliant orchestration, culminating in a jubilant, exuberant close that leaves the listener uplifted and inspired. Through each movement of the Gaelic Symphony, Amy Beach not only showcases her mastery of the symphonic form, but also her unique voice as a composer. 
She navigates the emotional landscape of her themes with precision and depth, creating a work that is both of its time and timeless. Overall, this symphony is more than a piece of music. It's a narrative woven into the fabric of American classical music history, a narrative of struggle, identity, and triumph. It is a testament to Amy Beach's brilliance, talent, and determination to forge her own path in the face of societal and personal challenges. Through her music, she challenged the conventions of her time, crafting a legacy that continues to inspire. Don't miss our performance of this rarely heard work. February 23rd, 8 p.m. at Alpharetta Methodist Church. Tickets available online at alpharettasymphony.org. On this concert, we will also perform Sunburst by Augusta Reed Thomas and the only recently rediscovered Violin Concerto No. 2 by Florence Price, performed by the Atlanta area violin legend Helen Kim. See you there.